Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner Podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason. My name is Todd Hixenbaugh. Today, we are going to be learning from co-founder of Creative Sheep, Jared Hogue. Now, Jared Hogue is an interesting guy. Some of you may have heard of Church on the Move before. He, he kind of was a part of Church on the Move for a lot of years, um, and he's been in and out of that organization. Um, but Jared is just a really creative guy, a really business-oriented guy. And uh, him and the guy, him and a man named Roman, Roman Johnson, they came together and formed uh, this company kind of as a side thing. It was kind of by accident where basically they do a lot of creative elements. Um, they make videos, they do all sorts of branding and, and graphic design and all sorts of stuff like that. It's not their day job, it's what they do on the side, but it's a great company that they've started and, and they're running with it and they're killing the game. The other thing that's kind of cool um, with Jared is him and Roman have now launched a podcast called, okay, get this, The Leadership Podcast. That's got to be, Caleb, is that the best name for a podcast? It's the second best name, right behind the Learner's Corner. I agree. However, these guys cover all sorts of topics, all sorts of stuff in their podcast. And so Jared's kind of all over the place. Um, He is now at a church, um, kind of startup church in Boston, in the Boston area in Massachusetts. And so Jared is just a guy who we are so excited to learn from um, because he kind of is doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, and if you're an entrepreneur or looking to get something started, this is a great conversation for you. And so we're going to jump into our conversation with Jared Hogue of Creative Sheep right now. Well, welcome, Jared Hogue, to the Learner's Corner. Man, I'm I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Jared, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with you right now? Yeah, so I am. I just moved up to Massachusetts in December of 2016. So I've been up here now for about eight months at the time of this recording. I've uh, been hands down one of the most challenging and uh, toughest times of my life, uh, but have seen just some amazing things happen up here and, and seeing God move um, with a startup church. I'm a part of a church called Adore Church started in November of 2016. Um, and so learning a ton, figuring out how to do church all over again after working at a mega church. And um, and then of course, still have Creative Sheep going on the side. It is a side project. I do work a full-time job up here in addition to the church and Creative Sheep. And so life is busy. I'm married with uh, my best friend, Ashley. Um, she is hands down the greatest human being I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and uh, I have two amazing kids. I have a four-year-old daughter named Pepper and a one-year-old son named Cash. And I, I think they are the coolest kids um, of all time. Great. Well, hey, before, um, before we start in and ask yeah. about Creative Sheep, you know, I'm sure uh, some of our listeners, you know, they have kind of that side hustle or that side project. Yeah. To, you know, what would you say have been like some of the keys that have helped you in like managing the tension between you know, your, your full-time job while trying to manage this side project and put a ton of energy and time into that as well. Switch in the hats. Yeah, that is the million-dollar question. I think if I had the answer to that, like, I'd be able to start a business just answering that question. Um, you know, it is it is tricky. Um, it, honestly, for me, man, it's just finding those times, little pockets here, little pockets there. Because, um, we, do, I mean, we do work with clients. We do work of, of our own. 
Um, it's challenging. It's hard. Anybody out there that knows that has a side hustle just like you guys, just like we do, I mean, it's tough because um, your primary thing needs to stay your primary thing, especially when you're, I don't want to say especially, we're supposed to do everything is unto the Lord. But man, when you work at a church, um, you work anywhere, you need to give it your all. And it's not fair to the company or organization you work for if you're kind of cheating them um, out of time or anything like that, or even your 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 focus, um, making sure that your focus stays where it needs to and realizing a side hustle, although you may want it to become your main hustle, if that's a thing. Um, <laughs> Um, you, are we still just talking need... about jobs? I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about now. We're just talking about hustling. Um, <laughs> but just making sure that you're keeping the primary thing the primary thing. And, um, you know, you can go listen to Gary Vaynerchuk talk about how to uh, turn your side hustle into your primary thing. I'm, I haven't done it, so I'm not going to tell you. I did it with one thing, but I'm not doing it anymore. And so I'm not going to tell you how to do that. But Gary Vaynerchuk will. Um, and, and I would strongly encourage you to check him out. So. For those uh, people in our audience who might not be uh, familiar with Creative Sheep, can you tell us a little bit about Creative Sheep and kind of what you do? Yes, of course. Um, man, at Creative Sheep, we are a full-service creative agency um, with our main areas of, of uh, expertise, if you will, being in graphic design, motion graphics, and video. Um, and we do uh, we do some work for for uh, like the corporate world, but the majority of our work takes place in the church world. We do a lot of work for for churches across the U.S. Both through our website, where we have pre-made um, graphics and and videos, as well as uh, custom. We have churches that we work with that we take care of all of their series art and um, and different kinds of branding and stuff like that for them. Um, we do a lot of work for like in-service elements. We do lyric videos, a lot of different stuff like that. So I just got to ask you, and I'll I'll put the caveat on it, so mm -hmm. I won't hold you to the to your answer. But what's yeah. been like one of the coolest things recently that you've created for a church, where you're like, man, like that is cool. Man, like, we've got we've got this. Uh, there's a church we work with up in. Um, Hey, they're in Minnesota or Wisconsin. I don't know why I'm blanking right now. Um, but man, they just do kids ministry really well. Um, and we've done a ton of lyric videos for them this year. And I'm just telling you, man, they're they're killing it. And just the when we see a church put the amount of of focus and excellence and and if I can be as candid here on the Learn the Corner podcast, um the amount of money that they're willing to put forth for their kids' ministry to do things first rate. And, and make no mistake about it. I'm not saying that the dollars that you spend equal excellence. I'm not saying that the dollars that you spend um, equal doing it right. I'm not saying that. But just to see a church do that is really, really cool to me. Yeah. So what, what got this idea of Creative Sheep started? And you're like, when did it start and how did it get started? Dude, you're, you're messing, messing with, with the fire hydrant right Let's now. Let's time um, out for a second. Where did the name come from? Like, what even is that? Okay, so, man, I... Okay, so here's how, here's how it happened. Please tell me so it's a joke. It, it, me and two guys started a company, and um, it started, actually... You guys are familiar with The Lonely Island. Um, mm -hmm. Those of you out there that are not, you might be more spiritual than I am, but I love the Lonely Island. And um, <laughs> back in the day when they were like 
so popular on Saturday Night Live doing On a Boat and Lazy Sunday and all the digital shorts that they were doing. Okay. We wanted to do some things like that for the college ministry at Church on the Move, where Roman, my my now business partner, and I were working at the time. And um, we did a couple of these. They went really well. Um, and uh, we just thought, you know, I think somebody would pay us to make these for them. And we we started entering some contests just to keep the creative juices going and to get some work out there. And we decided, like, okay, we probably need to come up with a company name. And it started as a joke with, um, uh, not it wasn't Creative Sheep yet, um, but it did. It, the joke was because uh, we were sitting in a room brainstorming, and like the two guys that were there with me were literally just like saying things that they saw. Like we could be window media because there was a window in the room. Like it was just like it was getting ridiculous. <laughs> And we happened to be at my house when we were doing this, and I made the comment, like, hey, it's probably good we were in Andrew's house because he had this little bitty dinosaur figurine. Cause I, and I was like, because we'd end up being tiny dinosaur media. And then, like, lo and behold, that became the company, was tiny dinosaur media. And some different changes happened, and, and fast forward a couple of years, and we had to come up with a new name because we... That had kind of become like the like the corporate version, and we wanted to have something specific to churches. And we were sitting in a room, and Roman threw out Creative Sheet, and like that was it. Like there was no rhyme or reason to it, to be honest with you. Um, and then Roman, like he he attached a story to it, and he was just like, "We're all God's sheep. Like we're just the creative one." And so it was total bullcrap. <laughs> like that's not. The reason why we named it the, the company that, like, it was just the name. That's all. So, can you help us come up with a new name for the learner? I feel like this is a whole other segment of like where you literally help us brainstorm names for the learner for the learner's corner. I I appreciate that, but like, you don't even know. I've never actually named one of my own companies. I've had several, and I've never named one of my own companies. Somebody else always comes up with it. Like, I'm not That's good at that hilarious. at all. Love it. Love it. Good story. So what what have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced in your time at Creative Sheep and with Creative Sheep? <laughs> Man, you know, probably one of the biggest things is what you were just asking about a minute ago is the, is the balance. Because you have real clients, you have real deadlines, there's real money being exchanged, and yet you have a full-time job. Um, and trying to balance the two because you've got clients emailing you or calling you and needing answers and needing previews and all this different stuff, but you're also working a full-time job. That's been one of the biggest challenges. Um, and if I can kind of side shoot just a little bit, um, I've had, um, I've owned several different companies. I've actually sold two companies. And with that, um, and that sounds a lot sexier than it actually is. They weren't like, uh, these weren't like million dollar deals by any means. Um, but uh, with that, um, I've had several partnerships down through the years, and I'd say one of the biggest challenges I've seen in business is is partnerships. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there. Dave Ramsey is not he 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 speaks adamantly against partnerships. Um, I would probably put myself in that boat now. Um, I don't do partner with the exception of Roman. Roman is the only person I'll ever partner with in business, um, and it's because our partnership has worked really well for the past six years. Um, and um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. He's been—he's just been an incredible, incredible person to build this thing with. Um, 
but I, that has been a challenge I've learned not so much in creative sheet, but just in like having businesses is uh, partnerships can be rough. They can be really rough. I mean, you don't have to give us any names or anything like that, but why have you found that I, to be- I'm bad mouthing right now on the Learner Corner podcast. Yes. <laughs> but uh, why, why have partnerships been so difficult, do you think? It's just going to turn into a big roast now. <laughs> no, man, you know, it's because when you typically, I think part of it is that like when you partner with somebody, you're both excited about an idea. Um, and oftentimes you're part, at least for me, I have partnered with people with similar personality types um, where you can only have one head and like Jesus is the head of the church. It doesn't say that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. There's one head. And the God, like, there's one, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's always one. And my pastor always taught, Pastor Willie George always taught, anything with two heads is a monster. And I just saw that come true, man. Like, you think you're both excited on the front end, and then when money gets involved, things get really muddy, and it, it just can get real crazy. And so um, I'm not saying I did everything right by any stretch of the imagination, but I just had people, like, different people won't pull their weight or – you know, and so it's, I find it best in a business context to have one head, even if there is a partnership, one person's 51%, one person's 49 and one person ultimately has key decision-making power because otherwise, or you have a solid board that can help you do that because otherwise you can end up where you're just locked and there's, you're not making progress, you're not moving forward, and everybody just gets frustrated. Honestly, you, you just kind of end up getting frustrated with each other and Either you go separate ways or you ruin a relationship, and that you just don't want that. So it's better to cut that off at the beginning. It may work great for other people. I'm just saying for me, not again. <laughs> yep. So, you know, another thing that um, that you've started as part of creatorship, your creative sheep is um, we're gonna know, start swearing in a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's gonna just devolve into that. Our moms listen though, so we yeah. have to be careful. <laughs> Um, but you know, another thing that you've started under creative sheep is the leadership podcast. Yep. And so I was just wondering, you know, what, what kind of led that decision to start leadership or the leadership podcast? Because it feels, it has a different vibe to it than like the overall creative sheep, you know, leadership is more about, you know, focused on leadership and everything. And creative sheep is more focused on, you know, like the creative, the graphics, the logos, the lyric videos, stuff like that. So I was just yeah. wondering about that. Yeah, so um, actually, man, I wanted to start a podcast back in like 2008, 2009. I had a, an auto detail company that I owned, and I've just always been fascinated by business. Um, even though I love the local church, I've just always been fascinated by business, by business books, by seeing how different organizations run. Um, and I wanted to start a podcast back then talking about that stuff, just different things I was learning, similar to what we do now. Um, and it just, it never really came about. And then Roman and I were doing creative sheep and I just said, Hey man, I think, I think it'd be cool to start a podcast. And in typical Roman fashion, he was just like, all right. <laughs> um, and so, so we started one um, and really just the whole pretense of it was just, man, I, I really enjoy talking to people. I really enjoy learning. I don't think anybody cares what we have to say. So let's talk to people that they will care. What they have to say and go from there as far as the distinction between the two totally see what you're saying because we we do have some guests on 
that will talk a creative process like mm-hmm. Phil Bodel, Whit George has been on, yep. uh, uh, Dre Murray has been on. And we've had some people come on and talk about that, but we didn't want to pigeonhole it to that. Um, and, and really here's why is because for us, we don't see leadership and creativity as separate things. Creativity in its essence is problem solving and leadership is problem solving. So really creativity and leadership go hand in hand. And um, I think especially in the church world, creativity has been relegated to the arts, to graphic design, to video and motion graphics and thing and lights and music and things of that nature. And that's all good and great, but um, that's not what creativity is. Creativity is problem solving. And so, um, you know, we just wanted to, when it initially started, it was the Creative Sheet podcast. And um, ultimately, the reason why we ended up changing the name this year in 2017 to the Leadership Podcast is because we did want the name to actually reflect what the content of the show was was going to be. So going back to what you said um, a little bit earlier, you know, why why do you think there's such a tendency in us to view creativity and leadership separate? Like, you know, creativity is the lights, it's the music, it's the programming part. And then you have leadership and everything else over here. Why do you think? Why do you think we try to separate the two? That's a good question. I don't actually know. Um, I think. I think. Uh, I know for me, something I'm extremely passionate about with it is for so long I had separated it that way too, um, in in feeling like I wasn't a creative person. I mean, being at a church like Church on the Move that's known for creativity um, or for art, should, I should rather say. Um, I never really felt like I fit into that bucket, but then I began to learn through some different people from the church teaching, like creativity is not art. Um, Everybody's creative. We're just creative in different ways. Um, The gifts that God has placed inside of us, we've all got a bent where we can solve problems really, really well. Um, I I think I do okay in leading a team of people where um, you give me a guitar or tell me to edit a video. It's not going to go well. Like, I, I and and I feel like that's that's a huge distinction that needs to be made because I mean if you look at churches even like how often do you see someone's title as creative pastor or a creative director things like that and it's just I don't know I think it's just a language thing and for whatever reason we've just I think the more we're learning about this and seeing seeing the this emergence i guess of creativity in the world where i heard the other day that one of the most popular jobs right now is a a professional writer like you rewind 10 years i don't think that was really on very many people's radars you know um which is it's a very cool thing but and i think that's kind of why we had this bucket of creativity meant artsy and that's not that's not what it means creativity is problem solving leadership is problem solving they're really the same. So, and if I can, sorry, if I can actually add to that, um, and I would encourage anyone that's out there listening, don't don't only listen to things that you would normally listen to, if that makes sense. Like, don't only look for leadership podcasts. Don't only look for uh, leadership books. Find things in different areas. The Bible says it in Proverbs. Wisdom is everywhere. It stands on the corner and cries out. We just got to go find it. It says wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. It's our job to get our butts out there and find some freaking wisdom. And no matter where that comes from, it's our job to do it. Like, I can tell you, like, Ed Catmull's book, Creativity, Inc. I don't know that that's a book that I would have normally read, but it came on a recommendation by Whit George, who's someone that I respect tremendously. 
Um, and so I, I, I listen to the book. I, I don't really read books. I more, more oftentimes than not listen to them, but listen to the book. And it's fascinating. And you hear these stories of like the problems that they were solving at Pixar. And it's fascinating. Or like Steve Jobs book, the one that Walter Isaacson wrote yeah. is another yeah. one, like hearing Steve Jobs story and like what you can pull out of that wisdom is everywhere. If you'll just look for it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why, you know, I enjoy listening to the creative sheet podcast so much is because you do hit all those or sorry the leadership podcast yeah. now um thanks man yeah to listening to all those different you know areas so it's not just leadership it's, it's really looking at everything and how how does it affect you as a person you know what are yeah. the principles that you can take and apply to your life yeah so one sure. question i want to ask you is you know just recently you know uh like just think back to some of like the recent interviews that you've had with leadership and just what have been like some of the key like takeaways or some of the key things that have resonated with you most, like for doing interviews on the podcast. Yeah. Um, man, I gotta say, um, and I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm totally pulling up iTunes right now to look back and see who I've interviewed recently. <laughs> um, but I can say the one that just released, uh, yesterday, what is it? Uh, yesterday on Monday, um, was Kara Powell, and um, that interview was awesome, man. She she was just killing it. But basically, hers was all of this research of how she had um, uh, I can't even find my own show. She had uh, <laughs> done all this research about churches that are doing well at re reaching millennials, and um, it is just a phenomenal conversation. One of the biggest things that stood out to me, they called it keychain leadership. And she told the story about this kid who started, he was 16 years old, and his, his youth pastor came to him and said, hey, we're needing somebody to stock the pop machine. I can't pay you, but you can have all the Mountain Dew you can drink. Um, and he gave him, gave him a set of keys. And that kid stocked the crap out of that machine um, and basically went through a bunch of different scenarios like that where it then ultimately led to a paid position. And then when he graduated high school, because of those experiences, really felt like God was calling him into ministry. And I'm not, that's not going to be everybody's story. That one really resonates with me because that's very similar to my story. Um, I was super plugged into my youth ministry, um, was given a lot of ownership and ability to serve. And, and it ended up turning into God calling me into ministry. And so that one really stood out to me. Kara Powell's was awesome. We kind of did this little mini series um, with Eric Lawson, Dan Matlock, and Kyle Turner all about church planting. Um, and like Kyle Turner talking about solidifying your calling, which was amazing. Dan Matlock, a lot of just really practical, like when you launch just boots on the ground, go do this kind of stuff. And then hearing Eric Lawson talk about how they planted in St. Louis, one of the toughest cities in the country, um, and what they did. And they're running like 3000 people now. Um, just some amazing stuff. Rich Birch, his book, Unreasonable Churches, which I just so happen to have right here, folks. If you're listening, go get that book. It is incredible. It talks about 10 different churches. That have just like blown blown all stereotypes and it's it's amazing. And the awesome thing is is that all but one of the ten are not a part of the big six. Like it's not elevation, it's not life church, which are amazing churches. But like it's it's a bunch of churches. Honestly, I hadn't really I'd heard like of, of a few of them, but most of them I hadn't. Um Frank Beeler is just a beast. That anytime you get to talk to that guy, it's a, it's just amazing. Um talking to my friend Kenneth, uh Kenneth Weston just about um even though we work in ministry, do we have a solid relationship with Jesus? 
was a great one. I could go on and on, man. Like every, I feel like almost every episode I do is like the best episode. I just get so fired up talking to people. And so like all of them have been amazing. Earl McClellan coming on talking about conquering fear. Um, my friend Brian Job coming on the show. And uh, he's like, he's a kind of a big wig in an oil and gas company in Tulsa. And he's also on the directional leadership team as a volunteer at Church on the Move and like kind of hearing that story and also just his story of how um, he was placing so much in his career and so much confidence in that. And then at 29, basically by 29, he had accomplished all of his goals. And it was just like, now what? Wow. And so like, just all of Tom Mullins has, was an amazing conversation. One of my heroes, Pastor Willie George, was an awesome conversation. Literally, dude, I could go on and on and on. And, and we'll, link to, we'll link to the podcast show notes too so that people can find it. Uh, you know, the next thing I want to ask you about is, you know, what what is your process for like creating a video? All uh, like from getting the request to thinking of, you know, how does this how does this look like? You know, what do we want to do with this through like sending it to the church? And is yeah. it is it one person or is it a group of people? Like that's the other part to that. Like, is it? Yeah. yeah. Just talk about that process. So we, there's a couple different processes that we do have. So. Um, I used to be a lot more involved um, in in that side of things, um, <laughs> but I haven't been as much lately. And part of that has been the move. Um, I do live 1,500 miles away from Roman now, um, but Roman is our creative director and does an absolutely phenomenal job. Um, and I think that's one thing that has helped our partnership is we know what our lines are. Like I'm the business guy, he's the creative guy. There's a lot of overlap. There's always conversation on both sides of, the, of stuff. I give feedback on what he's working on. He gives feedback on what I'm working on. Um, and But that's been super helpful. That's kind of a little side note there. But um, honestly, man, Roman's our creative director. It depends on the project. Um, we have some other, uh, we have some other, we don't have a big staff. Roman and I are the only staff, uh, but we do have a big pool of, of, of uh, creative people or artsy people, I guess I should say, based on my previous comments. Um, that we do reach out to to help us out with stuff. Um, and so oftentimes Roman sets the direction. And that, just, honestly, it's like I said, it's project by project basis. If I've seen something that really sparks me and it's like, hey, what, what about this? But ultimately, that's one thing I always respect. Creative direction is Roman's call 100% of the time. I'll give my opinion. I'll weigh in. If I think something needs to be different, I'll weigh in. But that is always followed up with, but it's your call. Like you're the creative director, it's your call. So Roman is typically the one providing direction for that kind of thing. But again, it kind of is a project by project basis. Um, so like when we're, we'll be getting ready to ramp up for Christmas here before too long and create a, a Christmas piece that then we'll make available on our website for sale. And we have a couple of other partners that we sell it through as well. Um, something like that is a little more involved. Um, we will, that'll be a group session to, to pull that one together. And then also depending on if we if we use one of our our um, one of our team one of the people that we tend to send stuff to 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 help us out with the workload um, we'll rely on them too. I mean we we tend to lean on people that have a similar vibe to what we're going for, um, and so we trust their creativity to to weigh in on things. And and again, all that comes back to Roman. Um, he's got final sign off on that kind of thing, and hopefully we've done our job providing that direction on the front end. Um, I think that's one of the most frustrating things in creativity is when very little direction or no direction is given, and then there aren't very many checkpoints along the way, and then you show up with a finished project, 
and the person, like the client, is frustrated or the, your pastor is frustrated, and then you're frustrated because it's just like, well, there was no direction, and so this is what, what I was seeing, but yet the other person had something in their mind. That's a really tricky spot to be in, but I also know that's the spot that a lot of people find themselves in. Um, so we actually have, um, a, we have like basically five checkpoints with any client that we go through. Um, so concept is the first one. So once we get from them, okay, we want to do this or this, we want to do a video, we need a series pack, whatever the case may be. Um, so we take that, we, we ask a bunch of questions, things like what, what's the feeling you're going for? What's the vibe you're trying to put out? Um, are you going for happy, sad? Like, obviously this is like super dumbed down version of this, but like really try to get the vibe and get as much information as we can for what they're trying to accomplish with whatever this thing is, whether it's series or video or whatever. Um, so then we meet back with them with a concept that this is where we think we should go. This is what we're thinking we should do. Um, once we have their sign off from there, then we go to the next phase and that's where we start putting together. If a script is warranted and then if art is needed, We'll start putting that together and take that to the client so that we have another checkpoint there. That way we're not getting to the end of the process um, and getting them getting stuck or mad. Um, and then and then the third step for us is kind of an it's kind of an audible. Um, we have a storyboarding step that we'll leave in, and that's all dependent on on what the project is. If it's series art, you're not gonna have a storyboarding process for that. Um, but when we've done some big video projects, we'll have a storyboarding piece so that they can kind of get a feel for what it's going to feel like throughout this video um, with the storyboards. Then we have the basically the first draft of the project, project um, where it's a rough. We haven't color corrected. We haven't finalized the audio and mastered the audio and that kind of thing. Um, and then you've got the final. So those are the five steps that we go through. And our whole objective with that is that creatives um, kind of have a bad rap and that they'll get a project, disappear for six months, and then resurface with a completed project. Um, and then it kind of happens what we just described a minute ago, where both parties end up frustrated because the creative is focused on the creative, the creative aspect, where the client is focused on how is this going to resonate with our people. And so that's why we try to have these checkpoints along the way so that it eliminates that frustration um, and keeps both sides happy. <laughs> Sounds like it's accountability, but it's also, um, it's accountability on, on, on your guys's end, right? Making sure that you're going along, but it's also something where, um, you can continue to be able to <clears throat> kind of work with your people to help them to be able to, to see where they are. So how, how do you go about like really, cause you said that you have people who you send stuff out to, so they're not all yep. necessarily, um, like on staff technically. How do you go about transferring that? corporate knowledge or whatever. Like, how do you go about transferring that to people who you're not necessarily um, in the room with all the time? Um, just as far as like the creative direction that we're going for, like, making sure that everybody understands the process and just how, how, how you guys do things in terms of, of, of just your process that you just described yeah. and all of that. So, so the process doesn't change, and with that, I'd say there's two things that we do that we try to differentiate ourselves from other uh, people that work with uh, contractors. Um, one of them is we we over communicate, um, and anytime we enter into a working relationship with a contractor, one of the things we let them know up front is that deadlines are extremely important to us, um, and that when we set a deadline and we're going to let you weigh in on it. 
But once that deadline is set, you we're expected to hit that deadline. Um, and then on the backside, backside, one of the things we have made a very big point, um, and I don't mean this as like a braggadocious kind of thing at all, is um, we pay very fast. So as soon as we get the invoice, we send the square cash. And it's because oftentimes with contractors, you, it may take 30, 60, 90 days to get paid, and that sucks. Um, and so one of the ways we wanted to differentiate ourselves is we will pay as fast as we possibly can. Um, and then even with that, we've, we've, uh, we didn't do it this last year, but for many years, we would throw a Christmas party and invite all of our contractors and do like awesome prizes like TVs and gift cards and all this kind of stuff. Even though they don't work for us full time, we still want them to know that they're important to us. We want them to want to work with us. So that's why we go out of our way to do things that most people won't do uh, for contractors. And it's for that very reason. Now, is the leadership style that you have to kind of take with contractors, again, people who you not necessarily, they're on payroll just in a different way. Mm -hmm. Is there a different leadership style that you have to take? Is there a different, different way that you have to look at that compared to if you're working in a church and you have your own staff and everybody's in the building and they're there? Do you have to, do you have to manage and lead differently or, or talk to us a little bit about that? Man, I don't know that I have a good answer for that. I tend to think that I lead the same way no matter where I am. Um, but, but you know, I'm, I'm real big on just over-communicating, uh, making sure people are in the loop. I'm a huge proponent of candor um, and then sh yeah. shooting straight with people. Um, whether you're a, a vendor, whether you're a, a contractor, whether you're on my staff, like, doesn't matter. Like, I love you enough that I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, and still love you. Um, it's not that I'm, I'm mad at you or anything, but I just, I want us to be on the same page. Um, and so I don't know that I'd say there's a different way to lead. There probably is a little bit more volatility when you're working with contractors. There shouldn't be, but there probably is simply because you don't have a job. Like you don't have the backing of a job for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like I can pull the plug. I can stop sending them work. But it's not like their full time income is is connected to me, and so um, you, there may be a little bit more massaging there. But even still, like I, I just think like just treat people right, and I mean I think that's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so um, the thing I was wondering about. As um, you were talking, you know, specifically, you know, you, you mentioned being on the business side and it got me thinking, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of people, whether it's, you know, they want to start a podcast or they want to start maybe a business or they just yeah. want to start something, you know, mm -hmm. what, what would you say, you know, thinking back through your experience, what do you think that most people underestimate whenever it comes to starting something, whether it be a business or a podcast? Or something? The, the power of just starting. Um, I think so many people get caught up in a, a couple of different things, whether it's fear, um, whether it's the fear of the unknown, fear of what other people are going to think, ultimately fear, um, afraid to start, afraid to, to pull the trigger. Um, and then uh, I just think that that's that. And then I think some people just tend to overthink it, that um, in order for me to start a business, I have to have a storefront. I have to have inventory. I have to have staff. I have to have all this stuff. And I've seen friends of mine do that where they, they go get a studio to start their video production company, even though they've only got one or two clients. Um, and I can just tell you, like Roman and I have, we reach churches all over the world. 
Um, and I, I don't say that to brag on myself, but just to kind of give you a little bit of the scope of what we're doing. And again, we're not a multi-million dollar organization. Um, this is a side thing for me. But um, uh, we're reaching churches all over the world. We're working with churches on a consistent basis, basis throughout the U.S. Um, on custom stuff for their churches. And all of it, it's because we just started. I built a website that I didn't, I'm not a web guy. I'm not a web designer. I don't know how to do that thing, but I figured it out. We just started and it's evolved and it's changed, but I just, I can't tell you, like nothing will happen. Nobody will pay you if you're not doing anything. Like I know that's such a John Madden statement. Like it's so stupid, but I'm just <laughs> telling you, like if you're not doing anything, nobody's, nobody's coming to you. If you, people don't know that you edit videos, nobody's going to come knock on your door to ask to pay you to edit a video. If people don't know that you design graphics, nobody's coming to do that. Just start. Literally, just start. Go start knocking on doors and telling people that this is what you do. Um, I think that's another piece that people are afraid of is, is getting told no. That's just a part of it, man. Um, if you're, I mean, in any context, you're going to get told no. And so just being okay with being told no, and we've had clients tell us no, and then come back a year or two later and we're doing consistent work for them now, but that never would have happened if we hadn't started. And if we hadn't had those conversations, I, I literally, one of the biggest things I tell anybody to ask for advice in business, starting a business, starting a podcast, starting a blog, just start. Just start. Even if you don't know what you ultimately want it to be, just start. I had no idea what this podcast was going to be. We had no idea when we started the video production company. We had no idea that we were going to reach churches the way that we have. But we just started. It, like I said, it all started because we were making these rap videos. We made one for Chick-fil-A. And then these people started contacting us to make them for them. And then through that, like people just automatically assume that you're a full-on video production company. And they're asking us to do all this other work. And then that actually led to the conversation uh, where I just said, Roman, what do we want this to be? Because if we're not careful, this thing's going to grow and we may make some money, but is it going to be what we want it to be? But I, I can promise you, like, you can have that conversation on the front end. By all means, go for it. But I would just encourage you, like, just start. It's easier to steer a moving car than it is a park one. What have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned? Um you know, leading and starting creative sheet? Um, man, I, I had the, the great privilege of getting knocked on my butt a few times with a previous business. And so I learned a lot through that. But, um, you know, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is it's okay to fire clients. And that probably sounds crazy, but we had a client that wanted us to do some things that literally flew right in the face of, what we believe to be ethically right. Um, uh, wanted us to do a video with uh, scantily clad women in it, um, as well as some other things that we felt like were racist. And um, we fired that client and just said, we're not the right company for you. And even though, I mean, he was bringing, I don't know, he's probably bringing about 10 grand to the table or something like that. Um, and we had done some work for him previously um, and I mean, there's no telling what kind of future price tag this guy could have held for us. Um, but when he, when he came to the table, wanting us to put uh scantily clad women and, um, and do some things that we believed were, were not correct. It was, it was time to pull the plug. Um, and, and honestly, like it was, it was a relief when we did it. Like 
um, it was such a huge relief because he was, it wasn't just that, like he was just a pain in the butt, to be honest with you, man. And so being okay firing a client and you kind of got to recognize there's a fine line there, not firing people just because they don't agree with your creative style or things like that. But when you've got a client that is just belligerent about things that go against who you are, get them out the door. Their money's not worth it. What are you learning right now, Jared? I am learning um, to set my pride to the side. I am learning to uh, honor uh, honor my leadership better than I ever have before, um, and it has been it has been a struggle for me. I am a very driven person. Um, I'm a very honest person, um, and I'm a I, I push I push hard and I push a lot, and it's something that I'm having to learn to pull the reins in on, um, and just kind of set my pride aside. And even though I don't think this is the best way to go. Um, that God didn't call me. God didn't put me in the leader seat yet. And so my job is to to honor and to get on board or, or get out. Jared, if people want to learn more from you and about Creative Sheep, how can they do that? Yeah, man, um, you can check us out at creativesheep.org. Uh, again, it's creativesheep.org. Um, I, we've got all of our podcasts and show notes are over there. You can email me from the site and that email comes directly to me. Um, if, you, if you're more of a texting type person, my phone number is 918-289-1930. Um, I, I'd love to hear from you. Um, shoot me an email. I love connecting. I love talking church. I love talking business and organization. And um, I'm just happy to help however I can. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Man, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you guys for doing this. This stuff is so, so important um, for anybody out there that's listening. This stuff is crucial to your leadership growth. Gosh, that was a great conversation that we had with Jared. And and probably the biggest thing that I that I got wasn't any, necessarily anything he said, but it's it's kind of what he did. Um, for, for a lot of us, we have ideas and we have things that we want to do. But for whatever reason... Uh, whether it's fear or financial situations or whatever it is, instead of starting and just jumping in, we, we hold off. And Jared is an example of somebody who has simply jumped in and has started doing, uh, just doing something. And so with his company and, and with even this new church plant that he's a part of, he's a great example of when you have an idea, when you have a dream, sometimes the only thing to do is to do. And so for us, I think that conversation, my big thing was sometimes the best thing to do is just to do it. Now on our next episode, we are going to be talking with Sam Wake. And Sam has an incredible story. And an incredible beard. Yes. He's got both an incredible story and an incredible beard. Sam recently made the move from Indiana to Portland to help, or to really to plant and start a church. Hipster City, USA. Now you may think, man, that sounds like a pretty interesting story but that's not even the half of it because it wasn't just him and his wife and his daughter that moved it was a group of people who moved from indiana they quit their jobs to portland major culture shock major change and so next week we're going to be bringing sam's story with to you next week And the best way to make sure that you don't miss our next episode is by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, my personal favorite, Overcast, or whatever podcast player you use. Hit that subscribe button. If you want to see some of our key takeaways from this episode from Jared Hogue, 
you can check out our show notes. Show notes are a place that unfortunately doesn't show our beautiful faces, but what it does show is everything that we discussed that was of significance for you to find there. You can find links, things that you can click on to go to the worldwide web, also known as the internet. You can find all sorts of resources that Jared talked about. You can also find the link to his podcast, The Leadership Podcast. All you have to do is go and click in however it works for your podcast player and go and find the show notes. They're there. You should check them out. If this podcast has helped you in any way, you can show your appreciation or your love for the podcast by leaving us a rating or writing a review of our podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast player you use. Write that review. You can also show us your appreciation and show us your love by hitting us up on social media, like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, where we'll be posting quotes from the episode, or hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you learned from the episode, what were some of your key takeaways. Tweet me, but don't at me. And on that note, until next time, keep learning and keep growing.